outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. And welcome to the Inside OU Podcast. Cut it out! <laughs> we just said the juiciest thing ever said on this podcast, and you're <laughs> never going to hear it. <laughs> never, ever going to hear it. What's up, everybody? Brady Trantham here, along with Keegan Renault at Vanessa House Beer Company. And we're having fun. It's about an hour or so before Bingo Bango Songo on Thursdays that they always do. Having a good time. I believe this week is all about like songs through the decades so we're gonna have nice a diverse array of a playlist so songs that would make me happy and then songs that where i'd go who is kesha i don't know who that is <laughs> she was i guess in Oklahoma i don't City listen recently. i don't listen i don't listen to that music either that their music it ain't even music <laughs> be honest it's not even music yeah that's keegan i'm brady davis dunkelberger our good friend here once again making you know, keeping us honest basically being the unofficial stats guy uh, making sure that we everything that we say is relatively correct, uh, and at some point, when Inside OU becomes, you know, like a million dollar, you know, company, mm-hmm. million dollar podcast, we might pay him fifty dollars to just do what he's been doing. Correct. You know, you know, again, uh, we have to get that profit uh, surplus. Uh, it's just I don't make the rules, Davis. So uh, it is what it is. But yeah, we're at Vanessa House, and guys. This weekend's actually going to be a lot of fun. They're releasing two new stout beers, and my goodness, it's going to be fun because Saturday it's all about WWE. Oh, got the yeah. They've got two stouts, uh, WWE inspired. We're going to have wrestling playing uh, on TV on both TVs all day. I'll be bartending Saturday night and Friday night. So if you don't have that much to do, you know, you come on down, and pss, pss, if you say hey. I listen to your podcast. You know, you, you might, you, I might hook you up with something. You know, I, I'm a nice guy. I might hook you up with something. We, we, you said that before Zach got here tonight, too. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out of earshot of anybody that can uh, have me killed. Because I don't know if you know this, but Vanessa House's reach is far, and uh, they've disappeared many people in the industry. Mm. So hopefully, hopefully they just skipped that part. They're like, oh, get to the get to the football talk. Stop talking about Vanessa House. It's he, football. It's football season. I mean, we're we're Lewis Baker days away. We're Jazz Reynolds days away. We're mm. Justin Harrington days away. Mm. The deepest pull I can take for uh, 16 days would be <laughs> Hayes McEachern. Does that name ring a bell to anybody? No, I have no it's idea. Backup quarterback like in the uh, Sam Bradford days. Mm. Like I believe it was 2007. But there's your pull. There you go. There's your pull. I also, I think we should also start off this podcast uh, by mentioning, you know, like what you always do or we try to do. Like I, I don't always do this as I forget. But if you have not already, please leave a five-star review on Apple uh, Podcasts, Apple yes. iTunes. Uh, we're up to 126 reviews, and nice. we enjoy that number. That's almost as many. Uh, that number is almost as high as our amount of patrons on Through the Keyhole, which, of course, you can check out for additional OU content, uh, an additional podcast, once a week during the off season, of course, once we get to the season and Keegan and I are going to hammer out the details for the schedule. But as far as I can tell right now, um, you're going to have two Inside OU podcasts mm. uh, during the season mm-hmm. and then the post-game show on Patreon uh, in addition to uh, interviews with other media members, other people influential in college football, uh, the Big 12, rest in peace. You know, you're going to get all that plus some more at Through the Keyhole on our Patreon page. $4 a month or $5 a month, whatever you want. 
it's fun. We have a lot of fun with it. So go check that out. But yes, again, if you have not already, please leave a review. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to start off with, Keegan, is I wanted to welcome uh, a new OU podcast to the podcast atmosphere of Oklahoma football. Mm. And my first question is, uh, are you and George Stoya going to sue Jeremiah Hall and um, who Braden Willis for copyright infringement of the title Podcast on the Prairie? Wouldn't be me. I don't care that much. But I will say we did have like an intro. Like, it sounds really weird like I'm even saying it like this. But, I mean, they had to have known that that was a thing, right? I mean, did they reach out? No, I mean, if we had nobody reach out to us. If they're going to, you know, be professionals and make the money, then they need to do their homework. I, I had to make sure through the keyhole wasn't absolutely copyrighted in any way, and thankfully it wasn't. No, I don't care. Like I, th- that was fun, I and mean, it's been a couple years. We didn't sell any merch or anything, so we got nothing to sue them over. But definitely a just, just get the pub. <laughs> you know, it's gonna it's gonna get thrown out, but no one cares about that. You're just doing it to make it. It did splash. on the first day. I know people were like, I it wasn't just Joe Bedner that tagged me to that tweet like of theirs and it was like Joe holds everybody accountable. He does. He's been Joe Bedner out of the media has been fantastic. Yeah. Unbelievable. I wish and again, it's what sucks is that when you feel like you're in the media, you can't say some of the things that you say and like what he's done. But He's been incredible. Which is why I love my position, which is <laughs> loose, loose media. Just uh, What do you do is usually what I get asked. Like, Correct. Exa- exactly what do you do, and I just say uh, whatever I, the hell I, I want. I go and tailgate before the game. I get hammered, and then, then I, I go do a... But do post game. Then show. I watch the then I watch the game, <laughs> scream a little bit, and then I sober up, and then go talk about it again on the <laughs> on the radio, and then the podcast where I then somehow get drunk again. The podcast is definitely not one that we've done. We did the uh, the Iowa State one. One was, was definitely sober. The first Iowa State game was was sober because we we you would watch that game with Chisholm Holland and Matt Burton and I at Tyler Media, and mm-hmm. then we did the radio post game show immediately after. But we were we were fairly fired up for that one. That I one. was that was the first time in a couple years that I've been as mad as I was watching Oklahoma that game. That's for sure. It was definitely maddening, but that's you know, that's what's gonna happen when you're Iowa State and you somehow have like thirty players on offense that are all coming back, by the way. You know, it was thirty on eleven. And it's just I think if you make it a couple more weeks before the season, you've said that at every podcast in the last three. I mean <laughs> I'm not on an Iowa State cleanse. <laughs> and, you know, also, just I need to clarify something for those who might have listened to the franchise earlier today. Yeah, so we, had, we, we, we have breaking rules here. Well, I'll leave it up to the listeners uh, because, <laughs> obviously, I feel like listeners should know. Uh-oh. Dave, oh, Dave just oh. gave me the thumbs down because we've already talked about this before we went on. But, uh, obviously, I feel like listeners can discern like the difference between a podcast and correct. The radio correct you know radio being live can't cuss on it you have to kind of be like more broadcasty you can't just kind of be casual like you can on a podcast uh but anyway so i'm filling in for todd lisenby t- today already and then tomorrow friday morning so listen to us from six to ten and then i'm staying on for the extra hour until 11 with dylan buckingham and matt burton so give us a listen but in the extra hour, like around you know 10:30 or so, uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan's just sitting there. We talk, we're talking about OU football, of course, because we are the flagship station for OU football. And he just straight up is like, "What's your deal with Bob?" <laughs> I, I was like, uh, "What?" And I, I've kind of talked about it here and there on the radio. I, I don't really want to talk about it on the radio because, like, people for the most part are like, "Who the hell is this kid?" 
Sure. And why does he not like this legend, Bob Stoops? And I would always clarify, I like Bob Stoops. Mm -hmm. I, I like him. And I told Dylan, like, you know, there's a little bit of it that's a bit. So anyway, like the reason why we need to clarify something is I did explain myself. Matt Burton did cut in and say, hey, uh, Dylan, he's on a cleanse. Uh, he, he uh, you know, thanks, Matt, Matt. Matt Burton, loyal patron of Through the Keyhole. So shout out to you, Matt. Thank you. Uh, but I kind of just went through it like, okay, Dylan asked me a question on the radio. I can't just ignore it. I can't tell him to F off mm -hmm. because it's not a podcast. So I have to entertain the question because I'm on, um, it's live radio. Mm -hmm. So I, I just answered his questions. <laughs> and he would he kind of ask some follow-up questions here and there and poke a little bit. And I would just say, yeah, I did my best to keep uh, – I, I did my best to keep emotion out of it. I just Correct. said, this is what happened. And you can imagine how that can make a, a fan feel. And it's not just me. There are multiple legions of OU fans that probably felt the same way. So I did my best to keep emotion out of it, but I just answered his questions because it was on the spot and it was on the radio. So if, the, if you feel that I have broken the cleanse – then please tell me what my consequences are. <laughs> I mean, I think I already said that the consequences are like you have to do like 50 push-ups or mm -hmm. run a mile or something like that. Davis is already jumping to the Patreon page. Go check it out. What was that? That was a. I think that was the week before the SEC news. A week or two. A week or two before the SEC news. The cleanse has been easy. It has because as soon as it started, like five days later, it's like oh, OU's leaving the Big Twelve. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. If I broke the cleanse, my apologies, but I will continue on my on my journey, on my pilgrimage to salvation. But again, we are 16 days away, and it is getting a little bit more difficult because we are running out of things to talk about. But we have plenty, plenty, plenty for you. If Mike, okay, here we go. So I'm reading this from the post I made on Patreon real quick, verbatim. If Mike's name comes up, and of course it's Mike Stoops cleanse, but Bob is you know connected. They're brothers. Can't have one without the other. If Mike's name's come up, if Mike's name comes up, you must do ten push-ups, run a half mile, or wear a hat sideways to a funeral, date, or anywhere where you are incorrectly reading the room. That sounds like something that I read or typed or wrote. Whatever. It does. One of those things. So, boom. yeah, you guys, I mean, it's it, this is up to the public court here, public court of opinion. Yeah, which is how everything should be run. It, it is, as we've seen with Twitter and like social discourse being civil. You know, over the last decade or so, I mean, that's how things should be run. If I mean, if, if we would, if that was how things were run, Nebraska would have been saved from Scott Frost two years ago. And there's the segue. <laughs> so Scott Frost might be unemployed <laughs> fairly soon for cause. For cause, and not just unemployed because Nebraska is going to go four and eight. Keegan, did we not talk about this shit last year? We talked about this stuff with we we called the Go Arizona ahead. State stuff. For and, sure. And if y'all don't remember, Arizona State's in kind of in trouble with the NCAA because they officially they brought kids. They literally have three coaches on administratively right now. Yeah, they, they literally brought kids onto campus during lockdown, during a pandemic where you couldn't do that. I mean, why is OU in danger of losing some recruits for 22? Why did they, why did they lose Luther Burden? Cha-ching, there are a lot of reasons. Uh, but, you know, one of them could be because Luther Burden did not He's only been to Norman like what, once or twice, mm -hmm. and that, that's kind of important when you don't live in Oklahoma. You you're, you don't grow up in the shadow of the stadium, and you're choosing to spend four to five years, three to five years, in a different place. So like the the COVID recruiting cycle was always going to be very interesting to say the least. Correct. But we we talked about how I think I asked you the question like are we are we going to be shocked five ten years from now? Now it's happened much sooner than that. Where 
testimonials come out, like stories come out about how this coach disregarded public health concern and just said, I'm bringing in all these four and five stars to campus. I don't give a shit. As well as train their players. Yes, That's what Scott Frost is in deepest trouble and for. And then the practicing, which yeah. is what Nebraska is. Yeah, Arizona so State cheated on the recruiting level. Nebraska cheated on the competitive level, and they and still they won s- and they two still games, sucked. right? Only two? How many games did they win last year? They still sucked. I'm going to trigger Davis and say, blue blood? Blue blood? Question mark? Mm. They're in danger of losing it. And when they take that 45-point L in Norman, they're going to be one step closer to that. They're more of a blue blood than Texas is, though, right? Uh, yeah, from a historical standpoint, of course. They're way more blue-blooded. Michigan has more wins, but not as many natties, right, since World War II? Michigan has four or five legitimate ones. Michigan has three. They won, no, Nebraska won three games last year? Yeah, but they played, you can't, they you, played six or seven, right? They had one canceled. Yeah. I mean, they went, like, I, th- I think they went, like, three and four, but they lost to Illinois, I think. Three and five? Well, and they lost to Illinois well, last that's, year. That's Levy Smith. That's an NFL coach. Yeah. <laughs> That was replaced by Brett Belima. Can you believe it? Ugh. Can you believe it? I mean, they play. They're going to win four games this year. These are these were Nebraska's losses this year. They lost at home, forty-one twenty-three to Illinois. They they also got beat at home, twenty-four to seventeen by Minnesota, who was terrible last year. Yeah. Terrible. They have, they have the potential because I know Illinois is on the schedule before OU. Um, but they mm-hmm. have the they have the potential to be undefeated and at least be ranked in going into that game in Norman, which would of course help OU's cause out. But that that will age into like, well, Nebraska wasn't very good. And what was that? Davis, Michigan has eleven titles, eleven claim titles. But I think they have anywhere from three to four legitimate ones. Their last one being ninety eight, ninety seven. Yeah. They shared with no Nebraska. That was Tom Osborne's last year. And from what I've read, because that was that was before uh, that was the year before the BCS, so it was still somewhat of the old model where publications would just vote. Uh, but apparently, a lot of people believe that a lot of publications voted Nebraska the national champion. I think they were undefeated; they won their bowl game, but they voted them national champion be- simply because Tom Osborne had announced prior to that it was going mm-hmm. to be his last game. So it was just kind of like a career achievement award. You're undefeated. Here you go. Because I guess Michigan was kind of viewed as by far the best team in the country that year. But who gives a crap? Yeah. Nebraska gets a title. And Michigan gets a title. You get, you get a car. I get a car. Everybody's happy. Thankfully, college football is not really played like that yeah. anymore. And thank God that we don't have to talk about Blue Bloods because it's 16 games. 16 games. 16 days until the first game, until games begin. Or I guess that it's actually yeah. it would be nine days until games begin. Nebraska plays on a dead week, right, or on week zero? Week zero. Week yeah. zero is such a. I mean, that is a. It's a high school thing. It's a high school thing. It's such a. It's such a tease. Mm-hmm. I kind of view it like I do the Hall of Fame game for preseason, because mm-hmm. when you start seeing the advertisements on TV for like, hey, the what was it, the Cowboys and the Steelers? <laughs> yeah. You see that like two or three weeks out, and I'm like, oh, thank God, football's back. I get to watch football on TV. Like, thank you. This is the best time of the year. Five and, weeks later. And then I sit down to watch the game, like, a few <laughs> weeks later. And I sit down to watch the game. In the first three minutes, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is preseason. I'm out. Oh, uh, it was so bad. So we all look forward to week zero. It's like, college football's back. And it's, I'll watch the first kickoff, watch a touchdown, and then just go, I've got stuff I have to do. Mm-hmm. OU's not on. Like, none of these games are really big. Is it, What's the biggest week zero matchup? 
I th- I actually think that there's like an intriguing G5 game. I remember Pause. when the SEC used to do like a week zero conference game. Like I mean, like Auburn and South Carolina played one year, this kicked the season off. It's like, well, that's kind of that, interesting. That's the, the SEC always has the first game on ESPN. It's at 530. Usually, because I remember Texas A&M and um, when Kenny Hill was there, played at 5:30. They Kenny beat South Carolina. Kenny Trill to you, and that's where Kenny Trill happened. Yes. Which, by the way, you um, one of the other things you uh, we do on through the keyhole at least until the season is you're uh, you're going. It's our Know Thy Enemy series. You just did a uh, awesome podcast with Stats of War, Mister uh, What was Parker Parker who? Fleming Par- Parker Fleming about TCU. Very interesting, uh, but. He brought up Kenny Hill's name, and I just I totally forgot about that. I yeah. totally forgot that was a quarterback OU destroyed in a Big Twelve title game. <laughs> well, he's also a quarterback that I, I, a lot of people down in Fort Worth and I think in Big Twelve country are like pointing to of when TCU has a guy that's in his third or fourth year, he ends up being pretty good. Like so, I think that's kind of the realm of what he was like. So we were talking about him being on staff. So he's hinting to Max Duggan, like, okay, he's this is. Oh, he's he's definitely on the Max Duggan, maybe better than what we all think train. But I I think that we'll see. I think Chandler <laughs> Morris is better, but I mean, I, it's exactly what I said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yes, that that is on our Patreon page for the four dollar tier. So if you're interested in that, we also have a podcast about Nebraska, Tulane, uh, Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Go back to the Patreon and check them out. They're all in podcast format for your listening pleasure. Uh, but I guess going back to Nebraska real quick before we move on to this. Yeah, I mean, Scott Frost is doubling down. I mean, he's claiming that whatever. And he's also claiming that, no, I didn't make that call in terms of trying to get the game canceled against Oklahoma. That was so interesting because when you do go look back at the pictures and Bill Moose, have you seen some of those at that press conference when they talked about I it? I haven't seen the pictures, but I did read the article where Bill Moose is like, oh, yeah, this this throws was, him under the bus. Yeah, this is com- like I don't have to like protect anybody anymore. I'm unemployed. Screw this. So Scott Frost, let me get this straight. Scott Frost, openly, allegedly, alleged. We got to say allegedly here because we don't know. This is a big. This is a big allegation. He went up and said, "I would rather not play Oklahoma this year and have a home game instead." That was the whole thing. Yeah, for recruiting economy. And as well, so Scott Frost can go five and seven. Because I guess Nebraska is the only team that was financially hurt by the pandemic last year. Yeah, that part of it we talked about at our the time. Thought, our thoughts and prayers to our northern neighbors. That's we talked about that though, right? Like Nebraska was basically saying we were affected more than you were. So bring yeah. the game to Lincoln. Well, that might hurt be because the Norman economy might be because you also suck. Could also be a big reason. Which is, I mean, don't don't they have? They could win three games though, and their spring game is going to be sold. I don't know what capacity, like the capacity policies were um, at Nebraska, but I'm sure, like whatever it was, it was still technically a sellout of whatever the capacity was. Not have fans last year. They could not have. Oh, that was the Big Big Ten. Ten. Okay, so I guess they're not going to count that against their. They were worse in 19, and I bet they sold out every game. I guess they're not going to count that against their home sellout streak that goes back to the fucking 40s or 50s or whatever no i'm sure i hope they don't that'd be shitty of them so i mean that's hey you made that decision by wanting to go to the big 10 and the big 10 was like yeah we're not gonna have any fans even though the big 12 and the sec the acc they all showed that yeah it can it could happen it's there for the most part these games are played outside 
-hmm. Outside is going to help your cause. Outside is going to help everything out. And hopefully everybody else is just taking the proper precautions so that we can have our fun luxuries like football and concerts and badass breweries like Vanessa House. Oh, yeah. That's what. I'm getting another destination wedding. Oh, man. Shout out Davis Dunkelberger for that. Um, I just don't. Like, just color me this. Riddle me this, actually. I I'll color you something. <laughs> I'm sure I'll paint you like one of my French girls. <laughs> does, I mean, does he not get it? Like, I thought it was... We, there was nobody that thought Scott Frost was not going to pan out this way, right? Y yeah. I, well, I, I don't even know if we've kind of laid it out, so I, I think we might have mentioned it. But, yes, Scott Frost, Nebraska under investigation for coaches basically encouraging and officially being off campus for practices essentially where you couldn't do that last year correct um, before the season started yeah so now of course football players are going to congregate with Scott one Frost another. Is probably like but Ohio State was doing the same thing yeah football players are going to congregate with one another because they're all friends they all are on the same team so and that's who they hang out with so yes they're going to work out together they're going to do like drills together the kicker is when it becomes an official thing Correct. where coaches are there supervising it and coaching. Once that becomes the thing, then it becomes like, okay, hopefully this doesn't go over your allotted amount of NCAA practices you have per week. Because if it does, then it becomes a violation, which is what Nebraska is in trouble for. So I, I can't help but think or picture or imagine just Scott Frost getting all his teammates on a like a un, like unmarked bus – and driving out to some damn <laughs> cornfield out in the middle of Nebraska, which I... Have you I, been to Nebraska before? I've never been. Hopefully I get to go Next to the year. game in Lincoln. My first and probably only game to ever be you know, in Lincoln. Now that, that there's an alliance for the other conferences, yes. An, an unholy alliance was formed. <laughs> so nerdy. Like, we're going to form an alliance. Oh, shut up. Nerds. Anyway, anywho. <laughs> yeah, so I just can't help but imagine Scott Frost and, like, Nebraska all practicing in a damn cornfield and some players from california are like what what am i doing here why did i choose nebraska <laughs> i need to read this full thing for sure but it definitely does sound like scott frost is like doing it, it let me let me rephrase this let me start over scott frost is showing exactly what happens when a coach is desperate they and we've seen it. I mean, Tom Herman's actions on the sideline in 2020. Um, I mean, we've seen like this is the pre-step to it being over. It is like, and that, I think that's what would suck. But you know, Nebraska is going to go higher. Whatever is is Tommy Osborne available or not? Tommy Osborne. <laughs> Tommy Armstrong. Who is the? Who am I thinking of? Quarterback. Who's the other quarterback during that era in the 90s? That was good. Uh, well, there's Scott Frost. He was the, the national champion. Uh, oh, you mean Tommy Frazier? Yes. Is I, he? Don't, I don't know what Tommy Frazier's doing. I don't know if he's coaching at all. or. I'm sure they'll try to hire him. I mean, they only hire Nebraska the, guys. The next step is Eric Crouch. Mm. Next step, who was kind of a – he had a cup of coffee as a receiver in the NFL. I can't remember how good he was, but that, that white boy was fast. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. 4-4-4-3. Four, 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 he was a – He was, Teddy, he was that's electric. Te that's Teddy Lehman speed, man. He – he had over. Uh, he was a Heisman finalist, right? Eric, he, no, he, he won. He did won he won it. it? Yeah, yeah, he won it because of the reverse pass against Oklahoma. Essentially, oh, that oh, you ran earlier in that game, and Nate Hibble fell down. Oh, wide open. I think Mark Clayton threw the pass, 
and if Nate doesn't fall down, he catches it and just waltzes into the end zone, and OU goes up. And the way that game was going, it was just it was just going to take one big play. Whoever made the big play was going to win that game, and mm-hmm. OU would have made it first and probably would have won it. Because I don't know if Nebraska calls that play if OU completes it, mm-hmm. changes it. But you know that's that's twenty years ago, Keegan. No one cares, and Twitter didn't exist back then. No, it didn't. So it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It doesn't matter. MySpace wasn't I, a thing. I'm sorry, Joe Washington. No one cares about your national titles nope. or your silver shoes. There was no Facebook. No Facebook. Yeah, that, no MySpace. What's Xenox? Zeno? Wasn't that something back in the day? There wasn't even Kazaa. Couldn't download the M- the MP4. What was the Ask Jeeves thing that was big whenever I was younger, where uh, you had the text message, you could send like a search or whatever? Yeah, it was essentially just what Google became. <laughs> yeah, because now if we have a question, it's like, okay, Google it. Google <laughs> it up. Poor Jeeves. I, I hope Jeeves is okay. Is that even a website still? Ask Jeeves. AskJeeves.com. Ask it's probably Jeeves. It is ask. It is called ask.com now, not just ask Jeeves. So that was smart branding by them. Yeah. Anyways, gotta like it. But I mean, what what do you think is going to happen to Nebraska and Scott Frost, especially when you consider that? I mean, Nebraska is not going to be very good. They're going to have a gonna they're going to have a gigantic good. L against a traditional rival in Oklahoma, and that's going to bring some embarrassment, you know, and some hurt feelings to the program in the short term and over on the long term, but. I think even if this doesn't happen, Keegan, like I was well, I was well on the Scott Frost hot hot seat on this. Oh, this I think season. he, I think he was, and I think Derek Peterson went on through the keyhole with the Nebraska game, hinted at that. I, yeah, I think I don't know if he honestly said hot seat of more than there are a lot of expectations for what Nebraska should be this year. This should be his best team yet. They should win four games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Their schedule's tough. Tough, tough, tough. That's just, them's the breaks. Them's the breaks. Sorry, Nebraska, but we'll see you in we'll see <laughs> you in a handful of weeks. Nah, it's not going to be pretty. It's just they're projected. I think the SP Plus updated their top forty team. I just I don't get it. It just doesn't make. Anyways, yeah, I I I think with Scott Frost in Nebraska, they they lost that idea of like Mike Riley probably had the right idea of dipping into their California roots and dipping into the Florida roots and trying to get those guys. And we, like Derek said, like they're going away from that. Like they're, they're okay with recruiting at a, and I mean this nicely, they're not as good evaluators as Mike Gundy's staff. Yeah. Like that's a positive about Oklahoma state. It's also negative that they should be recruiting a lot better, but they get away with it because of how damn good they are at identifying prospects. What if Nebraska pried away Mike Gundy? That would be a really good fit. They, especially with all the like, look at Northern Iowa, Iowa State, like Wisconsin, Iowa. I mean, they make hay with all those guys. Like Mike, getting Mike Gundy access to that pool, man, he could recruit to his ten percent blue chip ratio desires. <laughs> it's the magic number is eleven point six blue BCR. I don't. It's bad. Whatever it is. It's yeah, bad. Whatever. Whatever. Now, let, let, let's get to our beloved Oklahoma Sooners. This is the Inside OU podcast, mm. after all. Practice, quotes, Justin Harrington is a yes. That's his position. DeMar- <sighs> DeMarco Murray still looks awesome. He looks fantastic. I wish I looked like DeMarco Murray. You know who else looks fantastic? Roy Manning? Yes. Alex Grinch? Yes. Um, your favorite? Oh, what's her name? Annie Hansen. 
I'm going to protect myself <laughs> from answering that question. <laughs> she looks she looks fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. I've got no comment. There's my comment. Lincoln Riley. He's looked pretty good. Did you uh, besides he, the bucket hat? He's got to get rid of that. He's he, start he's starting to look like you know how somebody like the president goes into office. And he looks a cer- he or she, you know, for all we know in the future, sure. uh, looks a certain way, and then a year or two on the job, and they start getting gray hair. They start just really s- aging because of the stress of the job. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley's starting to show a little bit of the stress of the job. Lincoln Riley is showing. He looked like a he looked like a little boy when you go back to the 2015 OC days. You know what's funny is like around draft time, his hair he always has less hair than he has during when the season starts. Yeah, whoever is the person that he goes to for that needs to get paid a hefty dollar because the donut on the top of his head does not look good when it's there. It just doesn't, it, and it's f- it's fading in the front. No, I think he's fine. No, the guy who looks freaking good is Danny Stutzman, and a guy that I'm going to be eating a lot of crow on over the next couple years. Well, okay, eating crow in terms of what? Because here, I'll tell you this: I don't think anyone should really hold your, you know, hold your name to the coals if you ever put out there that guys, I, I don't know about a three-star linebacker. I, I don't get why there's hype around this kid mm-hmm. because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Because you're using like the facts at the, at the time. Sure. I don't know if it was simply because he played, like West of Everest pointed this out, I can't remember if it was Lee or Grant Benson, but they pointed out like maybe he just played in a very low level of Florida high school football, and mm-hmm. he was just... He did. He was just the guy, mm-hmm. and, and that had more to do with his low evaluation or just low ranking coming out of high school. If he had played in... What I'm saying is if he had played in a higher brand of football in, in Florida, maybe he's a four-star. Mm-hmm. And people feel better, but at the same time, maybe he gets recruited by, you know, the Florida schools, Clemson, Georgia, SEC schools, and it becomes harder to pry him away. But well, yes, we are. As Davis points out, we are an SEC. Do you think Danny knew about that before? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm kidding. And maybe <laughs> that would have been last maybe, summer. Maybe Luther Burden forgot. Sure. You know, that's also a good point. Cha-ching! Bang! Cha-ching! Bang! Bang! Let me say this. Danny Stutzman. That's Chick-fil-A money, man. <laughs> Come on, Brom, step it up. This SEC now, this ain't this ain't this ain't fun and games. Wouldn't it or wouldn't it be Landers? Oh. Anyways. It's a shame I'll, that Sonic isn't local anymore. <laughs> See this is the, the RDS, Leader DiCaprio, Django Unchained meme with the Brom's Oh, It's bag. fantastic. <laughs> it is. Uh, whoever made that on this Discord deserves a lot of credit. <laughs> um, I was gonna say this. He he had to have grown from because like I thought he was six one and a half two twenty he could carry two thirty and like would start losing athleticism at that point right like one of those guys like I was unsure if how much weight he could carry I was unsure of how big he was and I didn't think that he was an inside linebacker like I thought he was more of a four three will okay. that plays out in space away from the box a little bit more what's his height again. Yeah, he's uh, listed at Oklahoma at six three two thirty. Okay, so he's got. Yeah, the, I'm he's, an idiot. He, you know, he's got the frame to put on. Oh yeah, no, I completely missed it. I mean, no, no doubt. Di- no disrespect to Tom Ward, and it's like, yeah, I'm using the lazy comparison of oh, white linebacker. Let me think. Oh, Tom Ward, another white linebacker, compact in terms of the height. So whatever muscle he put on, he was just always going to be a shorter, stockier talent, which. You can still have a lot of success. We've seen a lot of short, stocky defensive players have a lot of success in, obviously, in Brent Venables' defenses over the decades. Sure. But at the end of the day, just like we've always talked about with recruiting, blue chip ratio, it's about 
uh, increasing your margin for error. And when you have a raw project, I guess is what Danny Stutzman is probably considered as a player because of his low ranking. And you look at his height and you look at the measurables, It's you just think, okay, if we just put him through a – Yeah, he's listed at 6'2 and a half, 215 on his recruiting profile. Yeah, if you just put him through a college, you know, blue blood, OU, you know, weightlifting, winter conditioning program, if we can just get him the physical makeup, but we also believe in his play on the field, then you could potentially have something. He looks unbelievable. We can get through, and I made a joke earlier, it looks like – Billy Bowman grew a muscle on the back of his right arm or back of his arms with his triceps. He's got, he's got muscles on muscles. He's it's quadceps. Um, everybody looks amazing. And then you go and you see that Danny Stutzman like isn't being towered on by David Aguebu and he's bigger than all the other linebackers in that group. And it's like, where the hell did this come from? And and again, I, I want to credit Josh McQuistion because he went down there and I, saw him. I'm on a cleanse. I can't answer that question. Sure. He went down there and saw him last year. And he came back and was just raving about him. He's big. He's fast. He can do everything that you ask him to do. And then you see a senior tape, and I'm still like, man, I, I think he would be better as not as playing in a you know as an inside backer in this system because it's you have to take on a lot of blocks. You have to be able to make a lot of plays within and take on a lot of contact. Yeah. And I just didn't think that fit him. And I was wrong. This dude is. And as you know how hard it is right now from everybody you talk to to get information out of Norman, they won't stop talking about this guy, Brady. I know they're doing themselves a disservice in terms of lowering expect tempering expectations for a kid who, who again is is I technically a project. Yeah, three star kid. Uh, not even a top four hundred, top five hundred. I don't think recruited. Recruit. You know, and, and I speaking of Tom Ward, I think I mentioned it on what the last Inside OU or mm -hmm. like two podcasts ago, where I I mentioned. I remember the 09 fall camp and how Tom Ward was a, a, apparently like the second coming of Brian he Bosworth. Was, Danny Sutzman was rated as the 407th best prospect on 24-7. He was ranked as the he was the 95th best player in the state of Florida, according to rivals. Barely a top 100 player in his own state. Which, again, there's like a zillion kids who play football. So, I mean, sure. like perspective is important. But, yeah, in terms of the recruits OU typically goes after, you just kind of go like, really? And then I, I guess I'm going to go back. I, the, you know, the signing day press conference is one of my last things I was able to do and really get into detail with covering the team. Alex Grinch would not stop talking about him. I love me some Danny. I love me some Danny Stutzman, I think, was his exact first five of six words. It's like... And, and then Chris Plank is like, um, I asked you about Perry on Winfrey. <laughs> Please answer the question about Perry on Winfrey. So, no, I'm, uh, I'm, in, a, I'm in a place of... I, I'm usually... Pr I could fit the... You know me. I could fit these guys in, and I know the guys that don't fit in um, pretty quickly. I didn't think he fit necessarily but yeah. i was wrong he's not gonna fit now <laughs> <laughs> got him <laughs> okay so what, what are we talking about like obviously alex grinch brian Odom, they're guys that enjoy rotating especially at that position Correct. so we're going to see a healthy dose of danny stutzman i would assume early on yes it sounds um, like at least with the threes maybe the twos maybe the twos so are we talking 
once it starts getting to blowout territory, or do you want to like? Do we need to see Danny Stutzman win the games? Even though it's it's Tulane, Western Carolina, and we've already talked about what a joke Nebraska is. Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to see Danny Stutzman rotate with the twos when the game is on paper still not in, in doubt? It's such a w- unique conversation, right? Because you do have Deshaun White and Caleb Kelly still, and then you yeah, have Shane Witter and Danny Stutzman are like the next two in line. Who was the other white guy? Brian Mead. Oh. I think he's gone. Oh, no, he's still there this year. Yep. He's dating uh, – I forgot what softball player he dates. But anyways, it's not, regardless of the conversation, I was, I'm was i at a point where – I mean, it's hard to ignore it. Like, I didn't think there was any way he could get on the field this year because of the guys in front of him. But it sounds like him and Witter are going to be right in the thick of things as the first two linebackers Brian Odom assigned. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> I mean, again, like – I. I don't know who I'm more more confident in a day one impact, Danny Stutzman or, or Shane Witter, mm. because you know, like I I also like those two plays Shane Witter made in the Cotton Bowl, but as, as Keegan has pointed out time and time again and kind of drilled in my head, overall the performance was just not there. No, in a game where basically everybody that played for OU had like great games. I mean, Marcus Major had his best game as a Sooner. It just looked like he had. He looked like a deer in the headlights. Like he, he just didn't which, look ready. Which is okay because Correct. this is a young, an underclass freshman in COVID in a COVID year. Yeah, but mm. people just really clinged on to those two plays. They did. Where he was just basically in the right place at the right time, and then he dropped a pick. But you know, he dropped still, a pick. Still and a he, PBU. He filled three rushing lanes in the second half. Wrong. I mean, and, da- and David Aguayo got hung out to dry on him. So David Aguayo uh, did run one of those down though, and it looked. Just majestic. David Aguebu is, uh, I think, um, we were talking about that earlier today on the morning show on the franchise. Like, what defensive player are you excited for? And it, it's mine is either like DJ Graham or David Aguebu because everybody knows about Perry on Winfrey and how much of a man crush we have on him. Correct. Uh, we're all excited for the secondary because it's just a plethora of talent that hasn't proven itself as a unit just yet. But we know the individual capabilities basically at each position. Mm hmm. Uh, but David Aguebu is a player that kind of gets lost in the shuffle just because of all the excitement around him, mm-hmm. and we kind of just forget that, no, David Aguebu looks like a Godzilla of a linebacker, and he also, there have been times where his consistency is not there. There have been times where he's looked a little bit lost, but that's going to come when you are, you know, in your first year as a starter. Uh, but, man, the plays where he showed his capability – is what makes me so hungry the for this year. The last four games of the year last year were just... Yeah, and that it's kind of the same thing with Perry on Winfrey where you have to kind of categorize him as a player who just flashed a lot. Correct. The effort was there. The effort was there with David Aguebu. I didn't watch him and think, oh, he's half-assing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the consistency with this guy. The effort was there, but the way both those players finished off their year is a big reason why everybody's excited for Perry on Winfrey and why I'm excited for David Aguebu this season. I'm excited to see if, like, did David Aguebu, he, you know, it says he only lost a couple pounds, right? My kind of big thing is I need to, I wanted to see him lose 10 over this last offseason before he gets really into his body ahead of the NFL draft. But, I mean, Brady, I guess, would the argument be, and I know this is more of a question for me, would the argument be because that the position he plays – is the one that winds down to rush the quarterback more? Is that why he's why? I guess I'm just trying to. You're really good at in your critical thinking skills, like thinking through this with me. 
Like, that would be the reason why he's still this heavy, right? That he's having to be an edge rusher still on third downs, and when they get in their five-man front, he's usually that guy on the other side. Yeah, just to kind of overwhelm with the size. Yeah, because he was obviously an, uh we all were talking about how good of an edge rusher he was going to be. Yeah. And then some idiot over here um, <laughs> pointing at myself said that it was a bad idea to move him inside. What did Davis think? David Aguebu when they moved him inside from edge rusher. Ultimately, it's the good decision at that point. I was like, cool. I don't – I trust the staff. You trust the staff. There you go. Screw you, Keegan. Now, four years ago, you probably wouldn't have said that, but I'm going to cleanse. But, no, like you, you just want a diverse array of a pass rush mm-hmm. because you've got Nick Benito who – I don't want to just say that he's just a speed rush guy, mm-hmm. but that that's he's much more th- of that. Yes. But he's not a guy who's going to blow you away with his overt physicality. He's not going to knock a left tackle you know, off of his planted feet mm-hmm. every single time. He might do it a, few, a time or two, but – uh, I mean, David Aguebu would. But if you have those guys, like, on a stunt blitz, mm-hmm. you got Benito on this side, you got Aguebu kind of either coming up the middle or off the edge. And you have Thomas, and you have Winfrey, and you have Ellison, Redmond, Stokes, whichever it may be. You just have a diverse array of talented players who bring something different to the table, whereas, like, I mean, good pass rush defenses, even in, in recent history, because OU's had good pass rush defenses mm-hmm. even during the Mike Stoops era but you had guys that were like Devontae Bond and Eric Stryker were essentially the same type of player they were just speed rush guys right uh, uh Obo Kronkwo and DJ Ward they were essentially you know just get around the tackle mm-hmm. and come up into the pocket and sack the quarterback now you've just got a whole bunch of guys who can take on blocks who can shed blocks who can get around a guy just by virtue of their speed. Right. So it, I would imagine, like, that's kind of the point because, you know, moving guys around, keeping guys in certain positions that may – even like a Justin Harrington, like, I would imagine it's kind of the same philosophy of we don't want to just have the same type of player at every position in the back end. We want to have a diverse array of physical makeup and talent to just be able to be versatile against different opponents because sure. – Sure, like, Justin Harrington at that size at cornerback, like, there's some concern about – I mean, we had it back in the spring of, I mean, can he, can he turn his hips at that, right. at, that, at that height, at that weight? Can he turn his hips? And he looks fairly fluid. And from all uh, signs from Roy Manning and Alex Grinch, it seems that that's, you know, that's the case. So when you go up against a, a physically overt receiver, which you can see in this conference, then – You will see a little bit this year at times. Yeah, so then, I mean, well, Jordan Whittington – or not what's his name? Whittington, Presley yeah. at, at Oklahoma State. You have the – crop of guys at TCU. Tech's got a couple. Um, Tech's got a guy, Miles Brooks. He's a young guy. He's going to be a stud. So. Yeah, so you don't. So now you just don't have to worry about a 5'10", 5'11", 5'9", guy trying to defend a mm-hmm. player of that magnitude in terms of the physical makeup. So, oh, he's got a diverse array of just human beings on defense. They do, and they have a unique blend of – well, I was going to jokingly say a second ago, did we – did is there a disconnect? Because Alex Grinch said Trey Norwood mentioned Trey Norwood's name in regards to Harrington, which tells me he could be a corner, a nickel, or a safety, which excites me. And then Roy Manning just crushes my dreams last week. But I think what, to your point, you're saying, yeah, I think that they have a bunch of movable pieces. Like if Key Lawrence needs to fit in at nickel, he can. 
if he needs to fit in where Pat Fields plays, he can. Yeah. Um, if Justin Harrington needs to play corner, nickel, or safety, he probably can. You know, they have a bunch of pieces that I think could end up being really good. And then you talk about the linebackers, right, and what they could do in, you know, in coverage. Now, you don't want to get David Aguayabu out defending a solo receiver or, you know, or no. a, a, a receiver on the outside by himself. But I think that, like, what you're saying and the versatility of what this defense can be, yeah, I think that it allows them, Brady, to be, you know, to do a bunch of different things. Like, if Billy Bowman's not working out and in main coverage he's not as good as Buki was or Jeremiah Cordell, they could swing a, they could swing a guy in and play there as well as they could, you know, I want to see Brian Osamoa kind of get a chance to do some of that stuff. I want to see Danny Stutzman get a chance to do some of that stuff, um, which is a position, if you go back and remember, Caleb Kelly, they moved him to that position at the end of 18. He was pretty good at it, and it was a position he played in high school. We talked about this a lot. Uh, you've heard me talk about this, kind of the dog position yeah. where he's not really a nickel. He's not really a linebacker. He's just like a big guy that plays in space and can rush and do a bunch of different things. They've got versatility. Now, you, I don't think Grich is going to be super versatile because of who he is. It's just not – he's going to do his thing, and they're going to do their thing every Saturday. Well, but that's, that's the interesting thing because, I mean, even during Mike's second tenure with OU – like a, a lot of stuff we would hear is like we want to be versatile, we want to be multiple, <laughs> and what it ended up becoming was OU's defense would have basically they'd try to have a different identity every other week. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Alex Grinch, who has an identity on defense, like th- he has a bread and butter, mm-hmm. and at times it gets OU in trouble, like against Kansas State, like we've talked about a handful of times. But for the most part, when you have an identity that you can lean on, you can just kind of rely. We've got better talent than you. We can Correct. just beat you straight up, but. Because he basically has, like, a basketball team of positionless players. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned how this guy can play this position or this position or that position. Depending on the offensive team that they go up against, if it's not necessarily conducive to the identity of Alex Grinch's defense, he now has the depth and the talent where, okay, I've got all these – got four or five guys that are Swiss Army knives. I can move them around yep. philosophically, and then, therefore, we are multiple. So whenever I would hear that, you know, oh, you wanted to be multiple and versatile, that's what I assumed – should have been the case, but instead of just we're three four, but we're also right. We're also nickel, but when we play army, we're not going to be like what we should be in terms mm-hmm. of having multiple guys on the line of scrimmage. Okay, so now I'm showing Brady the video I was talking about a second earlier about Danny Stutzman. He look at him. He is the bigger or bigger than look at when he stands up to Deshaun White right here, or when they stand up. Oh, dang he's it. basically the same size as Lou Dort. He's probably taller than Lou Dort. Like, just look at that. I don't remember him being that big. Well, dude, he, he's 17 years, 18 years old. He had to have grown. Yeah, that's what kids do. His this boy- is videos on SISooners.com. You can go see it. He look, he is bigger than Jamal Morris. He's bigger than Deshaun White. He's bigger than Austin Moa. He's about the same height-wise as, as David Aguayvu. Mm. Where the fuck did this come from? Anyway, sorry, I cut you off, but I had to show you that because that's uh, what I was talking about earlier. I mean, it's very, it's very delicious. It, God, it's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, Keegan, uh, Todd McShay's big list of like the top fifty college football players going into the draft. I think, but, mm-hmm. but, but basically, like top fifty players overall in terms of you know Todd McShay's opinion. Spencer Rattler, number one overall. Uh, yeah, shocking, very shocking. But Nick Benito is on that list. I can't remember if Perrion's on that list. I think he might have been at the tail end. I will say, I saw a uh, first-round grade on Perrion from a guy I trust. So. The, was it the Athletic? I think it was the Athletic. Yeah. yeah. 
which is uh, not a place that you've seen him at. It's a lot of projection uh, because he's got to have to be more consistent. We've talked about this. It's a little bit of projection. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. I don't know what else you're wanting to get into with it, but, yeah, he was in it. Benito's in it. Rattler's in it. I would imagine if you if you extrapolate that out to a couple more guys and if you're projecting in those things, one year more situation gets interesting, right? <laughs> I made the joke on Tuesday. You know, might as well get Mike Woods to only play four games this year too, Lincoln. Uh-oh. I'm joking. I'm, it's a joke. I don't know what's going on. Um. Anyways, I was going to say. We need to buy it. Like, we need to get a drone. We need more patrons to get a drone <laughs> and fly it over you know, a live feed of the sure. practice field. Uh, where is Wanya Morris? Where is he? Who's starting on the offensive line? Why is Tyrese Robinson so at right tackle? Get Tyrese out. Eric. <laughs> and then and then OU just like Lincoln Riley hits a button and like surface to air missiles come out of the ground and shoot sure. us down. Ah, the feed has been lost. <laughs> the feed has been lost. But the dream still lives on. Yeah, what? No, where do you have any other guys on that? You're looking at Brugler's list from the Athletic. Um, was that an All-American list or a like a draft projection? I think it was a, like the top seniors or something for this upcoming season was his. Um, but I saw an actual mock that had all three guys you were talking about. I don't know if we're looking at the same thing or not, but because Rattler wouldn't have been in it. No, um, as no, I was a redshirt sophomore. Sophomore, yeah. So. I've seen I've seen uh, all those guys. I I think that they're they're they've got a lot of interesting like guys that can climb. Like Osamoa has got a lot of buzz that you and I've been hitting on for the last nine months. If he literally could just put it all together, just go tackle the guy. If you would just make your tackles, awesome Brian Osamoa, you would be a first. You'd be he, a, a second round prospect. He had a bad missed tackle on that. Was it a Max Duggan run? At the end of the first half against yes. DCU, or the beginning of the second half. Yes. Um, my YouTube TV feed went out, and I missed that play, it's fortunately. A good thing but, you but did. I, but I saw it on Twitter. Like, I, I, I saw it <laughs> tweeted about, and I'm just like, oh, God, here we go. Sure. And I can't remember if it was Asamoa or Deshaun White who missed a Sam, who missed Sam Ellinger in an overtime it was touchdown. White missed two QB draws in that game. Yeah, because he, he was the spot. Too close. Yeah, he got too close to the offensive line. God. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it's just – a lot of it's just consistency, but you just have to, con- you just have to assume. I, I get you can safely assume that um, another year in the system, like the consistency, will just be there because it, if they're consistently making mistakes, you can't assume that they just will magically not make those mistakes again. If the mistakes are few and far in between, like they they are with a Brian Asamoa, then you can assume that he's just going to be able to clean it up a little bit more consistently. Mm-hmm. Like the the other, I'll just point out like. My logic, my way of thinking is like with Spencer Sanders, like I always say, like you can't just assume he's going to not turn the football over because that's all he does in big games. He turns the football over. If he didn't do it at the end of like the last four or five games last year, then you can say, hey, maybe, maybe he's turn turned over a new leaf. But no, I, I'm not going to believe that until I see otherwise. It's, I mean, they all got to prove that. I think we talked about that on uh, with Parker yesterday. It's like Oklahoma, they deserve – all the expectations. Uh, I know you saw my tweet. They are the they have the most handle of futures to win the college football playoff this year of any other team in college football. So they are the betting Vegas sharp insiders favorite, yep. which is a a good and bad thing. The degenerate in me raises caution to that. It's like oh boy, oh boy. 
the other side, though, and I think that's a positive sign to this whole conversation, Vegas and everybody agrees with everything that you and I and really everybody's been saying for the last nine months, that this team, there's not a lot of holes in it. The holes are everybody knows what they are, and everybody's confident that they can fill them. Add in the NFL guys, um, Benito, Rattler, Winfrey, Six more defensive linemen after that. A couple defensive backs. A couple linebackers that could be NFL guys. Two potential all-star receivers. Maybe a third in Mario Williams. Theo Weiss, have a big year. You got a shot. Austin Songer is a draft guy. They got, they're loaded. I mean, this we're sitting here 16 days out. You don't need me to hype this team up any more than they, they have been. But, I mean, this is coming from someone that's been, that will... You know, he cautioned a little bit at times. I mean, the only thing that's really missing, Brady, you know, and we talked about this, is like the one thing that's really major projection is how good is Spencer going to be this year? And I have said this for a long time of the last seven months, that we would know a little bit from the spring game, probably, and that I actually I said that we wouldn't learn anything, and we did. Anyways, I said that we would learn during the fall camp. What do those quotes sound like? And it sounds stupid, but this is a kid that I think was hammered for his immaturity a little bit. I think he's being hammered for it a little bit right now. He has handled himself better than I would have expected. At this point, he's met with the media twice, I think, in the last four weeks. Yeah. And he's handled himself a lot better. He's grown up. Like you were talking about earlier, that's what kids do. They they grow up and he's got a lot. He has a lot to prove this year uh, that he is this guy that everybody thinks he is, which is a f- the first pick <laughs> in the draft. And that again, I I think more than anything, like you have to be reminded that's that's the expectation. Like it sucks. It's tough. It's a very tough expectation to live up to. Yeah, but that's what that's what comes with being the quarterback at Oklahoma. That's what comes with having the numbers you did a year ago. That's what comes with having the potential of being a Mahomes-like quarterback in the NFL. That's what comes with that. So and, and I'm yep. excited, man. I, I know you can hear my voice. We're 16 days out. I got another video up. It's going to be a, f- a sprint here to the finish line. And I'm excited for it, man. I, I God, we got nine days until I told you that there was an intriguing G5 game, week zero. UAB Jacksonville State. I'll be watching that one. That's actually going to be a pretty good football That's gonna game. That's going to be sexy. Yeah, no one cares about it, but it'll be good. I'll ask you guys, the listeners, um, Do it. of how many of you all are going to be down in New Orleans. Mm. I'm going to try and get down there Thursday, but probably get down there Friday, staying until about Sunday, I think. I have not confirmed whether I will be there Friday night or not, but yeah. I want to be. I can, let me tell you. But if we want to do a meetup... Do it. If we want to do a meet, because we'll have to do, like, we're going to have to do this over Zoom, uh, obviously, unless you're able to go down to New Orleans and we can meet up somewhere Friday night for our Friday pod uh, before the game. Will we remember the pod or will we not? That's uh, Well, I mean, will we remember it after it's recorded? There are a few podcasts I don't remember, and I just go back and listen and think, please don't say anything stupid. But, you know, I'm Brady, so, I mean, I say something stupid. I'm stone sober right now. <laughs> you are. Yeah. You got work tomorrow morning. Oh. <sighs> On the franchise. Yep. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, but if you guys want to do a little meetup, hang out, beers, whatever, bask in the glory of hopefully what is a national title run. Correct. The eighth national title in school history. Uh, Yeah, knock on wood. Let Let me know. Let Keegan know. 
and we can work some stuff out. Otherwise, tailgate for home games will be open to any and all who would like to participate. Keegan's been there. It's a lot of fun. It is fun. I uh, Most fun I had was before the TCU game in 17. I don't remember the first quarter. You came over for the uh, right before the Houston game. I did. 2019. I did, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That was hot as hell. I mean, I guess I could say now, yeah, I had like three or four beers and then went to the press box before that. Probably shouldn't have said well, that. Well, I mean, you, you got high up into the sky, so like your your blood blood oxygen, whatever. Like, it, it, you know, whatever. Kick save there. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if OU wants their media members to be sober in that godforsaken I did have press a box. I did have a rough weekend that weekend, so. But I did need that game. I needed this like, I need that game like I need this OU Tulane game in two weeks. I need something to freaking break down that's present. Yeah. I've, been watching no, I've been watching the same games over and over. It's been great. Yeah. No, but it's been the same games. For the Vanessa House podcast that we will mm. still be doing uh, during the season, and Correct. obviously this will be after Tulane because we don't have a game to replay, but we're going to try and do something where we sit at, around one of the TVs encouraging our listeners to come hang out with us and we'll have the game from the previous week playing behind us and you know comment as we go along and just go what the hell is that mm. what is that stop running the damn verse reverses how many oh, okay. when willie fritz run, runs i well, when we speak to fear the wave we'll get to hear uh our friend over at the fear the wave blog week of the game we'll get to find out if they have changed anything and i will be so disappointed if they have because i want to see I want to see how Oklahoma, and this is a big picture. I know we're wrapping up here. I want to see how they deal with it because it's a, it's a unique offense. It's a little it's a little triple option, old school when they run it. Yeah, and we talked we talked about this also in, on the morning show a little bit, not too in depth. We don't have to get too in depth into this either because we can also say this for Tulane Week itself. Correct. But I, I think it's I think it's fortuitous for OU that the Tulane game is the first game of the year and it's right before Western Carolina. And what I mean by that is, is they can put all their effort into trying to stop a, an atypical offense that they won't see the rest of the year. Whereas, I kind of wish they would go play at normal. Sorry. Well, whereas, like normal. the other example would be like playing Army in your third non-conference game of the sure. year. Sure. And it's just such a weird break in the season. It's right before conference play, and it, it can explain why some things went wrong. Not all of it. But it makes it that much more difficult to plan for when you have to just shove all the. They broke option. tackling records that day. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I said that. Anyways, oh. I was. I like, I like Kenneth Murray, but that record. Uh, just go watch the '86 OU Miami game. That's all I got left for you today, B. <laughs> well, I, I would just want to put this in the atmosphere for both of us. Uh, l l let's try and have a podcast on Tuesday now. Again, we can still shove this in no matter what happens between now and then. But let's have let's try to have a through the keyhole podcast where we make. Not outlandish for the sake of outlandish pre or predictions for the season, but l l none of the OU's going to win twelve games. Or sure, gonna, you know none of none of the prototypical stuff. But l let's try and dig deep into our brains for some fairly controversial takes okay. that we might have. So let's just get that in our brains for now, and okay. then we can reconvene in my kitchen on Tuesday. If if you have any, which Davis, if you want to just come sit in my kitchen, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> If, if you if you have any takes like that, tag me. That's Keegan Renault, K E G A N R E N E A U, and tag Brady Does Sports, Brady Trantham, Brady Does Sports, like it sounds. 
Let us know. I want to know. I want to hear. I want to hear your fearless, your undeniably there's not correct. Gonna, there's takes. not going to be a Caleb Williams package. It's going to be a Micah Bowens package. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That might not be one that I subscribe to. I just pulled that out of my ass. If it was, if it was 2020, Micah Bowens would get the play in the Cotton Bowl over Caleb Williams. Like in Taylor Morris did in, in, the, in the Big 12 title game. Is that the Big 12 title game? Yeah, it was against Iowa State. Yeah, there you go. And it was so, like, Weird. it ha- happened so quick, and the TV cameras weren't ready for it, and there was – they had no shots of the sideline reaction or anything. Yeah, despite being on a Netflix show, it's because Spencer can't act. That yeah. was good. That one – okay, come on. That one was good. He's got an IMDb, but he's not going to win an Oscar. <laughs> Oh, well. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU Podcast. We're going to wrap up here at Vanessa House as they start their Bingo Bingo song that they do every Thursday at 7. It's a lot of lot of great fun, fun music. Everybody has a good time. Get a few rounds of beer. Have a lot of fun. And like I said, this weekend's going to be a lot of fun. If you like professional wrestling, just show up on Saturday. you got two new stouts, uh, the Rock Bottom Stout. That's going to be delicious. It's going to be so I get to try it tomorrow. But, yeah, I'll also be bartending Saturday. Do it. So, so you can come scream at me if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I just looked up uh, I looked up reviews on Apple Podcasts. We got another one. Okay. And it's from, I'm not kidding, for all I know, it's it's this person, Jim Traber. Uh, okay. Yeah, somebody who claims to be Jim Traber. And the comment, I'm not kidding, it's a one-star review. And it's, yikes, hopefully Keegan gets his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim Traber's a big fan of yours. Even though I go I'm, up, I'm even a, though I've gone up against him, doesn't he go after people that are on the same airtime air as him? He listens to Chisholm all the time. Uh, that's what I've heard. That's what I've. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I mean, I'm. A, I love Jim Traber. Do I, you? I love him. You know, and on an unrelated note, I watched the 1980 or 81 the 1980 OU OSU game. Quarterbacked by J.C. Watts and Jim Traber. I might, I might isolate some highlight clips do and, it. and gift them. Do it. I, I might do that. But thank you, Jim Traber, for you, or listening to the pod. And yeah, Keegan will someday have his own podcast. I'm sure he will. Welcome I to mean, the Keegan Renault Show, where I we talk <laughs> about the Cardinals. <laughs> and no, not Who the better Ar- win tonight. Not the Arizona ones. Who better win tonight? That's all I got. That's all we got. Thanks, Vanessa House, as always. Thank you to Davis for showing up, as always. Thank you to all of our wonderful listeners and Jim Traver. We love you to death. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, again, through the Keyhole Patreon page, we will be back on Tuesday. Uh, as we ramp up for the season, we'll have our controversial takes, predictions for this season on Tuesday, unless something big happens and then Brady just forgets. But I'm going to write down a sticky note, put it on my fridge, and it will be an Keegan's eyesight, so we won't forget about it. But hopefully you enjoyed this one. Hopefully you enjoy them as we get closer to the season. But until next time, everybody for Inside OU, Keegan Renault, Brady Trantham, thank you. Boomer Sooner. Talk to you guys later.